Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire. Okay, Area 21, Dunks and Discourse, Episode 21. Here we go. Jabari, uh, today we're going to hit up. This was your idea. It was a good idea. People were excited about it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kyrie and the NBA, you know, as that situation remains fluid to kick us off here. But then we're going to get to your idea, which was the top 10 comedy since 2000. This, these, the, this is the most people we've had tune in for a Google uh, Google Form. So a lot of people are obviously into this. Excited to break that down. Um, before we get there, though, this is the junk that I was talking about with the messenger and the message. And and you and you made a very good point where you can't discount the messenger if the message is good. And I agree. But that being said, there is a messenger for every message if you want the best possible result. And Kyrie wasn't it. And as you know, it has become clear in the last few days that this has always been about the bubble. That's the problem. That's what players are, you know, why they're reticent to go. Um, it, it's kind of got ugly. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. I I stand by. I stand by that. You know, you you, you can't just negate it. But yeah, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that Kyrie is going to be the figurehead of this, no matter what. No, honestly, no matter how it turns out, no matter whether there were other players that were legitimately, and I believe 100% that are legitimately concerned about, uh, you know, uh, going back under these circumstances, whether it's from a physical standpoint or just the uh, social standpoint, um, it's it's always it's just going to be couched as this. So. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Kyrie, you know, Kyrie is, you know, Kyrie is a weirdo, and Kyrie has stuff, you know, that, you know, like that will make him a less credible messenger. Yeah, I mean, like the reports are painting him as a hypocrite at mm-hmm. a minimum. That being said, I do think like if if there's health risks and there are players upset about that as VP, he had every right to stand up and and, and say that and say his piece. And we talked about that last week with him having the union hat. That being said, it, it just would have been received better if someone else spearheaded this because of what had already been reported, because of what he had already said about not playing and checking in on sponsorship deals. I do want to talk about the Stefan Bondi report. You know, you know what I'm talking about there? Uh, which one was it again? The text. Yeah. Okay, so here is where I am at. Stefan Bondi of the New York Daily News, who, you know, as far as reporters go, I'm not standing firm on his ground all the time, okay? Mm-hmm. Reports that Kyrie Irving, you know, allegedly proposed in a group chat with other Nets players that they could start their own league. Now, there is nothing that Kyrie could say or that could be reported that Kyrie would say where anyone would be like, that is absolutely 100% fictitious. And part of that is on Kyrie and his personality and some of the crazy stuff that he has said. Mm-hmm. But this one struck a chord with people for a bunch of reasons, right? Yeah. What's, what's your thought, before we go to the next phase of this development, what, what are your thoughts here? 
My thought is exactly this, and it, and and it it's irritating to me. Not not with you, but I'm saying it's irritating because I feel like I have to defend Kyrie, which I'm not looking to. But the reality is this: folks are looking to pile on. The report that I another report that I saw was that that text that exchange had nothing to do with the you know like uh, the exchange with you know, uh, you know the current or the recent exchanges that that was something that he said uh, you know several times in the past and that has been a con- ongoing conversation you know that's been you know that's been brought up at different times um so you know the reporting on it and i'm not you know i'm not criticizing huh? stay, stay on bondy for a second because there is another layer we'll get there in a sec but just could you like you know what basically what you're saying you you believe Kyrie could have said this at this time yeah of course yeah okay Okay, that, that's all I was trying to get out of you. Like, we all thought, you know, I'm not mad at it. You know, well, people yeah, so- I, I, I get that that was all you were trying to get, but it's important for me to finish that point. Sorry. Okay, sorry. The, all right, my bad, my bad. Uh, so, so, so here's the thing. The reason, the, the reason why a lot of these conversations bug me is, like, it, in this situation, rather than just, you know, focusing on what was actually done or what was actually said, it, this feels like a situation where every, well, like, where several different people are looking to pile on. You know what I mean? And, and... I, I got to be honest with you, even if he did say that, which, again, there have been other reports and other players you know, coming out saying like that's that had nothing to do you know, that those two things weren't related. Even if he did, I, yeah, the fact that it's one or it's one or two things, either he said it and folks told, you know, snitched, you know, like you broke the sanctity of a personal you know, uh, interaction or they're lying or they're putting extras on it. And either way, this is just this is just an ugly situation. And so I agree with you in terms of having Kyrie as at, you know, at the at the head of this. It just wasn't a good idea for the you know, for the players union, because no matter what, this is just ugly. Yes. OK, so my goodness, just let me keep the train on the tracks. You just <laughs> want to take the wheel so damn bad. <laughs> Give me the lever. Uh, no, I mean, here's the thing. When he said this, I was like, yep, yeah, that sounds like something that Kairu would say. I full, full, No stop, full stop, I believe him. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that mad at it. I'm like, you know, if LeBron said that, I'd be like, well, well that's kind of weird. But, like, mm-hmm. Kyrie doesn't love the NBA. He doesn't love the media availability. He doesn't love the scheduling. He doesn't love, you know, any of it. He just wants to hoop in a, like secret hideout with just his buddies but make all the money still and and fair enough that's a nice dream i'm not hating on it so Mm -hmm. i i I had no problem with this but then taylor rooks like and i understand why people were blowing it up because it's a Kyrie quote we're running with it and we're bored Mm -hmm. but then taylor rooks says sources tell me that Kyrie irving never stated that the nets should begin their own league in response to the bubble I'm told that after that report came out, he left the group chat. And this is when I was like, this is so whack. And I don't know, like, there's a large section of, like, woke NBA Twitter who they've, like, flipped and they're like, no matter what, no matter how weird Kyrie is, no matter how all over the place he is, we have to defend him because if you don't defend him, you're not progressive and you're not Black Lives Matter and you're not helping and you're hurting. And it just got really weird. We're just talking about a basketball player that said some weird quotes. If... It was not true, and Kyrie Irving never said that. Why would he leave the group chat? Because any like any number of Nets employees or, or friends of the team could know that Nets players have a group chat. We are talking about hundreds, if not thousands of people that could have leaked that to Bondi initially. So mm-hmm. if Kyrie didn't say that about creating his own leak, then there was no reason to leave the group chat. However... If he did say that, it would make an awful lot of sense why he'd immediately leave the group chat after that was reported. Now, again, 
Kyrie's Kyrie. I don't care about his comment, but I'm just like, what's with the lie on top of the lie on top of the spin on top of the spin? It's just it's tiring, man. I I, I gotta be honest with you. I think that you're so willing to like to go down that path because you just don't like Kyrie, and that's okay. Just like it's okay for him to be you know weird because because to be honest with you. If I, I don't, I don't necessarily connect the two dots. Like, oh, he must have done it. That's why he left. If I, whether I did it or not, even you know, whether I did it or not, if somebody in my, if somebody, if I'm in a group chat with a bunch of my buddies, and all of a sudden they start hitting the timeline with stuff that I've said or accusing me of stuff, I probably would leave that chat as well because I would be like, okay, I can't trust anything that these guys are about. You know, so again, I'm not saying that Kyrie said it or didn't say it. All I'm saying is there is a chance, there's absolutely a chance that he's looking at these guys like, what the fuck, what, how, how would this even possibly get out, even if I, whether I said it or not. And so to be fair, I definitely, he's not my favorite player, 100%, no doubt. But this is, that has nothing to do with this. Honestly, honest to God, it has nothing to do with this. It is just not believable to me that if that was way off, that that was not that what was discussed, that he would leave the group chat. Because anyone around Kyrie could make up any quote and give it to any reporter, anyone around any in that team, and anyone could run with it because of the things Kyrie said in the past. So for him to have left the group chat, it must have hit home. That's my take on it. Again, you're right. There is a chance that that's not true. I still think that's the most likely outcome, and I think it's crazy that people were dismissing that like, you just hate the guy. And like, hence where you went, you're like, no, you don't just hate the guy. That The most likely outcome here is for you to be that upset to leave the team group chat. Somebody struck a nerve by betraying your confidence, which is foul as hell. I understand. Mm-hmm. That is foul as hell. No argument there. If your teammate ran to the media with that, that's gross. But at the same time, I, I believe you said it. So I'm just going to I'm just going to call it how I see it. And that's fine. But this is the thing. All I'm saying is there's no absolutes here. They're like, I'm not saying he didn't say it because I could you, like as you asked me. Could I see him saying it? One million percent. I'm just saying I can't go. I can't go. You know, uh, quite as far across that bridge as you as, as you do. But I, you know what? Let, let, let me actually put it in the terms for you because it was we were kind of we were kind of talking about it before the show. And I'm not going to break any confidences here. But we used to. I used to be in a group chat that you, you know that you that you're in. A bunch of there's some really good guys in there. There's some folks that I don't necessarily agree with everything about them. In fact, there's some folks in there that they say things that I'm like, yeah, that's borderline. Yeah, you know what? That's problematic. I'm I'm just going to move on. I left that group chat. I didn't have any. I didn't have any. You know, like any, any real beef. It was just a matter of like, you know what? I'm good. I, all I'm saying is Kyrie could have. Kyrie also could have had that. You know, had that realization. Like, wait a second. These guys are either telling or lying on me, and I'm good. This is this is apples to oranges, man. No one from that group chat was like Jabari said this, you know. Like, I, I, and and we could go back, like I, we could go back and forth on 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 what was said and what wasn't said, and, and that for sure. But um, no, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know that that example. I'm I'm vibing with it, but I I do dig the I do dig the full circle. You've been on the full circle vibe. Hey, man, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And you know what? Honestly, you're playing defense even when you're playing offense. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm all about, baby. Look, uh, no, all all jokes aside, off the air, I'll I'll give you a little bit more context. But you're right. It's not exactly, but trust me, there's more to it than there. There's more to it than uh, than, than just, uh, you know, just throwing it out there just because. And and to wrap the Kyrie segment, uh, Karis LeVert and Theo Pinson both came out, you know, Possible damage control, possible just being honest, said that it wasn't true about the leak or creating the only. And that's the thing with these is when the the supporting teammate comes out after the fact, you're like, is he just doing the right teammate thing and have his teammates back, or is this the truth? It is it is weird that NBA players just don't 
just don't hang out like transparently a little bit more. You know, like LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. Like, where is their voice? Like, I mean, everyone, everyone assumes that LeBron is, you know, wants to have the games back. and But, like, how come, like, Joel Embiid obviously knows how to use a Twitter account? Like, I don't want to go back to Orlando. we got to focus on the country. I don't want to go back to Orlando. I, I'm still scared about COVID. I want to hoop, man. Like, something like Kyle Kuzma has been the face of transparency um, the last three weeks. I just, I think that's odd. I got to be honest with you. While I understand the point, I, I, it makes total sense to me. No matter what they say, they're, go, they're, they're going to get flat. Like, when you see all those folks being quiet, it's because someone has told them, hey, look, you know what? Don't step in it. Don't step in it. No, no, no need on this one. Because if they say, yes, I want to come back. If LeBron comes out and says, hey, you know what? God damn, I want to play. I'm about to go out and hoop. This, that, and the other. And stay with me because this does track. If somebody gets sick or somebody, you know, heaven forbid, got really violently ill or, you know, even beyond. Not that it in any way is LeBron's fault, but you know damn well there will be people saying like, well, I mean, the players wanted to go back. Remember LeBron? Like, in this situation, yeah, oh. I, I, get, I get why they're not uh, being public and being transparent about it. See, everything you're saying is is absolutely 100% undeniably objectively true. <laughs> but at the same time, like, there's nothing they could say. Like, when you're that big, like, there's days I've tweeted a poll. Like, I just tweeted a Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant poll because of a different group chat that I was in where, like, a heated conversation got going on. And, you know, this this group of individuals thinks Kevin Garnett is the seventh best player of all time. And they're just, like, they're really high on him. So I put out this Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett poll. It's not close. People are telling me, like, to, to delete my account, to jump off a bridge and all this stuff. Because I just like, hey, would you rather build around Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett? Like, I'm imagine if I said anything serious. And I have, like, 39,000 followers. If you were Le- – LeBron James could be like, I like apples more than oranges. And people would be like, I hope your whole family dies. Or, you know? You <laughs> yes. know? Like, I don't mean to just, laugh at that because it's true. But. It is. It is. Like, so that's why I'm like, you might as well just say what, like, you're feeling because people are going to make up sources anyway. People are going to speculate. You might as well just say it. Like, no. because no matter what, you're going to take heat. Josh, Josh, money, think about the billions that have been lost, potential hundreds of millions of billions that have already been lost. There is too much money on the line right now to give to give any opportunity of messing up. Seriously, like, it, look, this is the ugly side of this conversation, but it, it, it's, it's, it's worth a couple minutes on. We The reason why the, the NBA is coming back eventually is because of money. Because yes. if because if they hadn't honestly, I don't even think if they, I I think if the situation with Hong Kong doesn't take place, er, you know, like earlier in the year, there's at least a chance that they say, you know what, we, well, you know, we can take this hit, we can wait, you know, wait it out a little bit more, we can wait till we have a more concrete plan, we can wait till there's you know a more solidar- solidarity, we can wait on these things, but because of that. They gotta get back out there, and I and, and and I know folks don't like to hear that, and I'm certainly not being callous and saying like, yeah, get out there and you know and entertain us, but there's a lot of money at stake, and there's honestly, I see, why, I know why folks are are hunkering down. Kyle Kuzma, hey, love it, love all the stuff, but yeah, I'm not expecting that from the big guys. But yeah, no, but you're not wrong though, and again, like it's confusing. We said it last week. Kyrie Irving would be fine. LeBron James would be fine. Kevin Durant would be fine. Anyone that's made $100 million is going to be fine if they miss this season, lose those checks, uh, go into a lockout next season, miss all of that season, or you know, some of that season, whatever it turns out to be. The big dogs will be fine. It's everybody else who's like, oh, damn, like, 
I might a year a year and a half like I might be out like the Jared Dudleys of the league will never play again. Melo may never play again. Not that he doesn't have a huge bag, you know what I mean? Those guys that just broke in on the ten day G League contracts, all those guys on like the second round deals, you know they might never make any more money in the NBA. So like again, it's 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 just relative scale. But yes, like I I don't think people as they're campaigning and trying to score points on the timeline and you know trying to outsmart each other as they usually do are kind of aware of the reality of like what this could mean for the players and for the NBA and again once again I'm not, same as you I'm not saying go out there and entertain us but I would like to have basketball that like I mean what of course we would we have this podcast yeah look I I I'm I was honest about this yesterday. I had this exchange, and you know what? Shout out to this guy. You know, I can't remember his name, but it's AJ. I've been, you know, we've been following each other for a long time. He's a Lakers fan. You know, uh, real diehard, all of that good stuff. Good guy, right? Good follow as well. Um, but he got upset. You know, I could tell he got upset with me because I was, you know, I was just presenting the other side of the conversation. He was, he's on the. He started off saying like, "Hey, you know, well, you know, these guys make a lot of money. I don't make that much money, and I'm back at work." And I was like, "Guys, like, I was like, let let's stop that conversation there because that that's not, you know." To me, that, that that's a conversation ender. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not willing to have that because just because someone makes more money doesn't mean that their life, you know, like you know, taking that risk, you know, like is, is it any any better or you know, you know easier for them? Um, so, but but we we went back and forth and went back and forth, and I acknowledged to him, look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite about this, or at least I'm going to acknowledge my hypocrisy. I'm acknowledging that I I worry about their safety, but I'm going to watch. I'm gonna watch 100%. We're gonna talk about it. You're gonna watch it. We're going to enjoy it, and I and we're all going to be sitting there with our fingers crossed, saying, "Man, I really hope that nobody, not a player, not a coach, not a you know a, a, a arena person, not anybody, I hope nobody really gets messed up as a result of this." Um, is that at AJ starting five? Is that the guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think he's been a listener for a minute too. So shout mm-hmm. out to AJ. Yeah. Um, I, so here's the thing. On Twitter, I would be afraid to say what AJ was saying because things get spun, right? Like, and you only have so many characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I didn't see the whole context of the conversation, but I'm partially with you and I'm partially with him. Mm-hmm. Like Adam Silver said, you know, like if, if you don't want to take, like if you don't want to take the money, you don't want to come to the games. There's provision for that. Yes. Right. You don't have to go to work. No one has to go to work if you don't want to. Right. You, you just you don't get paid. That's that. That's the reality of the world. Yep. I'm a little bit with AJ where I'm like, you know what? You are being offered a level of safety and security and transparency from your company that 99% of the country is not being offered. You are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game because you're in the entertainment industry. Okay? Again, not something the average person Because you're offered. at the top of your profession. Yes. You, you are, Both, are earning okay. Oh, yeah. I let you go. I let you go. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... <laughs> You're getting offered millions. You have a safer, more secure, more thought through, more honest, you know, business plan than anybody else out there. And now, because you still don't want to go to the bubble, because you still are uncomfortable staying at Walt Disney World Resorts for eight weeks, because that might interfere with your lifestyle. We are offer also offering you, you know, you can bring your own personal masseuse. We'll have daytime concerts for you. We'll keep the public way. Like, you know what? Again, here it is. We talk about the owners and the billionaires. Stick it to them. Stick it to the millionaires. Millionaires, do your job. There, there's a so little bit of that deal. coming from me. Okay, and, and I hear you on that. But here's the deal. What sucks about this is the NBA owners and league have been negotiating in public while the NBA players have been trying to re- have been respectfully negotiating in, in private. I said this at the start of this. I think they're all going to play, and I think any of these delays are probably you know, doing this. 
do you know, yeah, the tactics? Do the you know making sure that they lock down all of those things that you just you just uh, laid out. What I hate is that all those things are public. What I hate is that our media, as well as and and we are all complicit in this. We fall hook, line, and sinker anytime, you know, anytime like establishment says anything. And I'm not saying that that's only what's going on right here, but I will state it's disgusting to me that all of those terms and all of these details and all of this stuff is you know, is getting out and honestly painting the painting the players to to look worse than what I believe they are. I think we're I, ultimately I think they're going to play. So all of this is for not, but it's a good conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like, you know, we're, we're not in stark opposition on most of this. We're kind of no, just, I, like, different shades of each other. But um, I, I think, too, though, like, it, it's been very obvious that players have leaked things, too. And that's 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 kind of the name of the game. It's like, who, who, who can you talk to and how much can you give away and what are the leverage points? And, you know, go figure the billionaires who, you know, don't have to worry about their personal persona um, as much are in a higher position. No doubt on that. I'm not saying that we're playing on equal level. I'm not, you know, nothing like that. I'm just saying, like, Mm -hmm. the average person's got to go to work, you know, to get their paycheck, to get paid. And and NBA players, there's a little bit of that to the same. And there's some elitism where, like, it's great that you're, like, well, you said, no lie. You're at the top of your profession. You deserve the money. And you earned it. And I get it. And if you can... If you can argue for more, argue for more. But you know, there's the bubble's not a terrible situation, guys. That's where I'm at. I agree with that. It's not. And yeah. it, look, I put it like this: I would choose to live in that bubble as opposed to going to work every day like I'm going. That's not even. Did the you case. ever see? Did you ever see the old Basketball Jones video? Yeah, but it's been a long time. Where he's like Hito, and he's got the suitcase, and they're playing the song. He's like running, uh, yes, through yes, running yes, yes, through yes, Toronto yes. to get to Phoenix with his bags. Mm-hmm. You, you tell me I can live in the Walt Disney World bubble. I'm coming. Like I'm coming. I'm running from Alberta. Yeah. I'm running. And that's the um, thing for all of us regular folks. Yes, that makes total sense. I get it. I 100% would as well. What's your cat's name? Because your cat has been a part of the show. We go. We, yeah. Well, sorry, man. Give me okay. a second so I can get Astro out of here. That's Astro. Astro. What's up, Astro? Astro. He just gets. He. I get worked up. He gets worked up. You know. He. He tries to ref it up a bit. But yeah. Shouts to Taz Malas because my guy. That that Hito skit killed me as a kid. <laughs> no, it, it is. It, it was it was very funny. What is what, is Taz Malas still is is he still actively doing stuff? And I'm not being funny or that that's not shade. I'm I used to see him on the timeline a lot and I don't anymore. <laughs> you know what, man? Too, I uh, I always like uh, he always comes in here and lies down so nice. I think oh, it's gonna be good. And then I gotta just I gotta I gotta clamp him earlier, man. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all no, no, it's all good. No, no, I was I was just asking uh, uh, Taz Malas, and, and it's his not shade, but is he still active and going? The reason why I asked is because I used to see him on my timeline all the time, and yeah. never see him anymore. Yeah, because they were starters, and uh. Uh, Turner didn't pick him up. So now they're no dunks or no dunks Inc. I can't remember what it is. Uh, maybe and they're with the not, athletic. Maybe he's not uh, personally tweeting as much, and that that could be the case. Because I used to, yeah. I, like on a you know pretty you know pretty regular basis, I used to see good stuff from him. I feel like NBA Twitter has slowed down a lot though the last six months. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for obvious for obvious reasons, but I think it has. Um, it has. Well, one more thing before we go uh, to the to a word from our good sponsors and to our top ten. Comedies of 2000. Um, Kendrick Perkins. Um, so, there's like, I mean, there's a gross level of conversation when NBA players go to media. There's like a lot of angry people who work in media who are like, ooh, you know, he doesn't know anything. He shouldn't be able to talk. And, you know, that's not fair sometimes. And then there's also the, 
player who really doesn't seem to add a lot to the conversation and mm-hmm. upsets a lot of people. And then it's like, well, you know, there's a more qualified media person. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. And that conversation has been happening a lot with Kendrick Perkins because Kendrick Perkins is getting a lot of people upset. Now, I have kind of enjoyed this selfishly because he's, <laughs> he's not really big on the player code. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have no problem throwing anybody under the bus. So I have enjoyed that as a Twitter anarchist, just watching him stir the pot. When he he came at Kyrie earlier today and basically you know threatened to, to give more information if they came at him, then he thought that was too harsh, so he deleted it. Essentially rewrote the same tweet, but mm-hmm. threw in the word cupcake. And Kevin, Dur- <laughs> and I mean, he I like it was like boogie with the all lives matter thing. Grant mm-hmm. Napier, as soon as he mm-hmm. said cupcake, Kevin Durant's spiders heads went. Okay, he, he knew what he was doing. Oh he yeah, knew damn well what he was doing. <laughs> and I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that point to Perk because he just he he got K- KD on that lasso and he brought him in, but. Yeah. Um, he, Katie's not making a lot of friends, uh, former players. I think Wilson Chandler tweeted some stuff at him today, too. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on K- Kendrick Perkins essentially just going rogue right now? I'm going to be honest with you. If I were an NBA player, if I were one of you know, his, you know, his, his you know, fellow comrades, you know, as they say, I would be pissed off. Like I, I'm not going to lie to you. I would be like, yo, what the, fu- what the hell is going on here? But like you... We you know, we host this show. I'm entertained by it. I'm you know, I, I'm here for the drama. But we, honestly, all jokes aside, it wouldn't surprise me if he start if he kind of um started to alter you know that approach a little bit. I'm not saying you know change you know change the person that he is, and because that's kind of what he's establishing as his, as his brand as the guy that will quote unquote say it or go there. Uh, but some of the you know, you know some of the you know veiled threats and things of that nature it wouldn't shock me if he you know if he reined that in. I'm not speaking for the guy because I I don't I don't know him. Uh, you know I know some of the folks that know him. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know so yeah it's entertaining. But all right, man. <laughs> one one thing I will say though too is the commentary has been like getting like you might not like Perk and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. But if you are a, a Twitter person and you're coming at Kendrick Perkins. Think about what you're saying, too, because it's getting kind of gross. And the oh, other yeah. thing is, look at what Kendrick Perkins has watched for his entirety, the entirety of his career. Remember, he came in the league 3 with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Who, who are the loudest voices in media while he's been in the league? Stephen A. Smith. Yep. Who, um, Skip Bayless, wh- Stephen A. Smith. Yes, yeah, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. So you got Skip Bayless, who um, ran himself out of Dallas. Took shots at Troy Aikman, you know, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. accused him of being gay and made that whole saga, which people forgot about. And I then had actually forgotten about that. And is known now for hating the greatest player of the last 20 years. And and so, you know, Skip Bayless is an asshole, so let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Perk watched that, right? Perk, what? okay. Barkley, loud, uh, didn't talk about stats, didn't talk about X's and O's, mm-hmm. uh, took shots at current players. Got to be on TNT the last however many years, right? Mm. And then Stephen A., who was like a man of the people and like, yeah, he's a little crazy, but he's also super smart. And and he's talking about, you know, like blacks burning their own communities and yeah. uh, he's having a hell of a week. And I'm just saying, like, look at what Kendrick Perkins was in the league with. Look at the, the big media figures and what did he learn? And so, I mean, he, he's trying to fill that role. He's trying to keep his job. And, and I'm like... Yeah, I can see how he's annoying a lot of people, but I kind of see the examples in front of them too. Which is, all of those are excellent points, which is why I think he'll stick to what he does. I just think he'll smooth it out. Yo, like, I really do. Like, had he not had he not gone with the, like, yeah, don't make me do this, like, it, it, I, 
I wouldn't have had any problem with this. I wouldn't have had any problem. Honestly, it's the same problem that I had with Stephen A. Smith. Who was that KD he did that to? Great right? point yeah. here because, yeah, don't you don't want to make an enemy out of me. Yeah, you yeah, that's what it was. That's you remember that? Yeah, I do remember So, yeah, so yeah it, makes sense. it makes sense that Perk, you know, and, and younger guys that are coming in, you know, we've all, you know, kind of, you know, come up, come along and come up watching these guys. I just think that Perk can be, you know, can I think Perk can go to another level with it and be a little bit better than, than, than what he's been so far. The NBA is part WWE and sports media is part WWE, so don't forget yes, that. Yes, I mean, it is. Don't forget that. Um, a word for, from our sponsors before we go to some movie talk. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Hey Josh, you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping Major League Baseball comes back because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some money down on my Dodgers. Using BetOnline, of course. I mean, I couldn't tell, I could not name you if my life depended on it right now. And you're like, Josh, you had me on the cliff like Mufasa, and you were like, <laughs> give me five baseball players' names right now that are active or you die. I don't know if I could do it. I get it. I mean, it's been a long, Expo's been gone for a long time. And yeah. I'm not saying that'd be funny, but like, you know, really, 94 was a long time ago. Was it was 94, 96, somewhere around there. If there's baseball fans, I'm sorry, but honest to God, if there was never a game of baseball ever in the world ever again, I wouldn't care. I could not care less. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but, so, but, I'm but, sorry. But here's the deal. Baseball, like a lot of sports, get that much more exciting when you got some action on it. And bet online is the opportunity that you're like, look, you might not want to watch the games, and it might not even be exciting for you. But I don't know about you. I'm, I'm going to use it. Yeah, I mean, for the, I've been using it for UFC. Oh, there you go. I would use it. Yeah, I like to gamble, but I don't know nothing about baseball. And I like really quick when I was bartending. You know, you know when you're almost done your degree, and you know you're getting your like your big boy job, and you're moving out of whatever you're doing to pay the bills. So I was done bartending. It was this last summer. Um, Blue Jays are always on, right? I used to get in fights with regulars because I put on PTI over the Blue Jays game. Bro, <laughs> it's I listened to Will, especially, Will man, especially since the Blue Jays were good. Yeah, you know, like at that time. That's I, rough, man. I think it was the year after the Batista bat flip. Like, I think it was the year after they had, like, their okay. big season of late. And I was like, nah, just could not care less. Um, you are that But anyways, guy, that's that. enough shade for baseball. That's enough right. shade. Um, okay, so, so 10 best comedies. So I will give um, the listeners um, – well, let, let's do their honorable mention. So we'll do an honorable mention too. Okay. So their honorable mention, my honorable mention, your honorable mention, 10. Same thing we've done the last couple times. Um it was really fun watching some of these. Sometimes I check these like twenty times. Mm-hmm. Um, the top three was neck and neck, Ooh. all the way, all the way. I'm really interested um, in seeing how this goes because there, out of like eighty movies, there's so many different ways this could go. Yeah, I think I ended up. You know, I, I stayed with it. I was telling you, like the first hour we put it up, there was eighty. I think you had like seventy options, mm-hmm. and then I added like ten or fifteen more. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed for an hour after we dropped it initially, and I added any other one. That's, and I think it was like 101 options at the end. Yikes. Okay. And so, like, my cousin, uh, Frank Eberly, I think he's at Frank mm-hmm. underscore Ebbs13 on Twitter, was like, dude, this is really hard. Like, these are all my favorite movies. 
I had to cut my list to 16 to get it to 10 because, yeah, I mean, there's it, a lot of good movies here. Basically, it, there's going to be things for the people that are like, how could you? It's because it's not possible to narrow like 100 movies down to 10. No. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, there might be some overlap with you, me, and the listeners. So let's just, you know, say a piece about every movie rather than holding off and we'll just go through. So the uh, listener's honorable mention was Pineapple Express. <laughs> Oh, we got pothead listeners. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at y'all. Shout out. Um, it's not in my top ten. It wasn't in my honorable mention, but it's a very fun movie. Very, very fun. Any honestly, anytime you get the, like that crew of guys, that group of guys, you know, together, you, you, it's it's at least going to be you know watchable. Yeah, I, I mean, there's most of these movies that aren't even in my top ten, um, but they are so funny. Like, I mean, all of these movies are funny. Um, Pineapple Express is, is one of those movies that first I don't I I mean I've never ever smoked weed in my entire life did hmm. you know that? I did not know that yeah ne- never ever so like some of the stoner humor is definitely lost on me <laughs> but it is a movie that I, I found got funnier every time I watched it and the, the scene at like the house uh, is definitely great with Rosie Perez and yeah, yeah. so uh, Josh you notice how I did not respond I did not reply in turn yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, in my country, it's legal now, so you say what you got to say, man, but... Uh, oh, no, yeah. no, no. I, I, yeah. Look, like I said, no shame to my game. Nope. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, okay, so I had, as my honorable mention, um, I had knocked up. Ooh, okay. Okay. I, well, I'll let you go on knocked up. It's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's in my top ten. I still, I laugh, and I... I want to tell you. I want to tell you a story about this movie and a real life situation. I, I, I can't. I shouldn't. But essentially, I know a a woman in my life who I've worked with who got the the tighten it up speech. Do you remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like, "Hey, we like you. We want you to. We want to give you this promotion, but we just want you to have that baby, and then we want you to." Tighten it up. And I have had a woman tell me about that conversation. And I shouldn't laugh because it's not cool that that happened. But the whole time she was telling me the story and she was in distress, I was thinking about my hands were doing the thing. Like around the way, tighten it up. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. Look, of course we shouldn't laugh. But because it's so ridiculous and also because you know women have to deal with that. That's why it's funny because it's ridiculous. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's in my top. You know, I'll, wait. Are we are we b- breaking down each one as we go, or is it in your top ten? Yeah, it's in my top ten. Uh, you, you you can say a word on it again later. It's fine. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So what's what's your honorable mention then? Honorable mention. I had a few like you, man. I I, I had like a list of twenty. Chopped it. Chopped it. Chopped it. But Talladega Nights. Bad Santa. Forgetting. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. They all could have easily been in my top ten. That's why I mentioned all three of them. Yeah, one of them is in my top 10 that you mentioned, but those two were were also part of my top 16. Nice. Talladega Nights is one of the ones I feel worst about leaving off because that movie is so funny. The, <laughs> like, the baby Jesus scene is so funny. <laughs> they go fast, and he's like, when his dad's like, oh, I was drunk, we told that. He's like, I lived my whole life because, <laughs> because of this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a... It, 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 Again, it's impossible to get them all in, and because I've got so much Will Ferrell coming up, as well as some John C. Riley coming up, it had to get left off. Will Ferrell is the goat, right, of the last twenty years comedy. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I love him when he is a part of a of, of a cast of those guys. I did not love a lot of his like main main guy movies, but yes, for me, 
he's probably been in you know more than anyone else of of the truly truly hilarious movies over the last twenty years. Yeah, he, he's got to be in this list of hundred. He's in twelve of these movies at least. Yeah, he's. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, number ten for the audience was Tropic Thunder. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tropic Thunder wasn't as it didn't make my list. It wasn't even in my sixteen. It was still a very funny movie. It just Tropic Thunder. Like some people love Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. It 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 didn't bang like that for me. It had some very funny parts. I love Tom Cruise. I didn't need to forgive him. That whole saga that was part of that movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. Yeah, and yeah, I gotta be honest with you. It, it's not my. It's not on my list. Like I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I get why folks loved it. I get it. You know that cast was very funny. Uh, there were some individual uh, uh, performances in there that were very very funny. But yeah, it, it it's just not up there for me. Like I, like for me, I would put it at, like I'd probably give it like a seventy, whereas other people have it like I'm sure like ninety and above. Yeah, that sounds about right for me, too. I would give it about 70. And the scene with, like, I mean, I know that we're an adult podcast, but even some of the scenes in these movies, you don't want to, like, go too into these. You feel so bogged. But the scene with Jack Black at the tree and the swallow of the gravy, that that one is pretty hilarious. Uh-huh. And I, I, I do die at the scorcher. One, two, three. The man who saved the world seven times before. Um it, uh, they did. They, there's some great moments. It was still a funny movie, but yeah, not for not neither of our te- top ten. So what's your ten? My top, my ten is old school. You know, I, I and I'm not gonna lie. I went back and forth. Like I said, like I had those other ones, and I kept I kept on going. But I'm gonna be honest with you. And this is this is the nerdiest thing I'm going to admit. At least to, uh, this week, I still think you're my boy, Blue. You're Honestly, my boy, Blue. pretty much any time I hear someone say the term Blue out loud, for whatever the reason, they, like I still think that every single time. Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, Jeremy Piven, you know, as the asshole Dean, uh, you know, for me, I, I could, I just couldn't leave Luke it all out, out of my top ten. Luke Wilson, exactly, and, and you can keep going. Like it's, it's a phenomenal movie for me. Yeah, um, you know, old school is kind of like the Sopranos of these movies. Mm-hmm. It kind of set the tone for mm-hmm. the next fifteen years of these movies. And credit to it, it's not on my list, but it's a very funny movie. And shout out to my guy Vince Vaughn because you don't always give my guy Vince love. So there you go. Uh, Spy was my number ten. Did you see Spy? I didn't see it, and I and I've heard nothing but you know quality, nothing but good things about it. Okay, Spy really caught me off guard because Jason Statham has done like nine movies where he's excellent in mixed martial arts and hurts people, and I can't tell you one detail about like the mechanic, the transporter, Parker, all of these things. He just hits people. So when I watched Spy, I was like cynical that this was going to be um, a great movie, but Melissa McCarthy is hysterical in this movie uh yeah i would I, I would definitely watch this movie and i'm trying to think who is the other agent who he's kind of like a horny weird agent but he has some parts in this movie just kill me man like i did not expect i had some legit little kid laughs and this is a pretty recent movie so that that uh it was nice man spies up there I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. I was trying to uh, quickly look it up and see who the other uh, who the other guy was. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out because even even as I'm looking it up, 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 75 percent on Metacritic, seven out of ten. Like, and not that those are you know hard and fast. You like no matter what you you stand by it. But generally, if all of them if all of them are pretty good, you know you you'd probably have a pretty good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's nice too because like you know so many comedies come out and they just whiff. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really funny. Yeah. A couple cheap laughs, they were swift. It, it was really funny. It was surprisingly funny. Um, okay, so my number, audience number nine, uh, the other guys. 
Yeah, another one I didn't see. Not going to lie to you. Um, so well, I, I'm going to have to take your word for it. Yo, you've never seen the other guys. Never seen the other guys. Is there a reason you have never seen the other guys? Who are the, who are the main characters of the other guys? It's Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. I'm not a Mark Wahlberg fan. I and you, 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 know, you know why. We yeah. had this conversation. <laughs> Matter I think fact, most of the internet knows why after last week because it came up again. But. There you go. And you know what? Yo, honestly, remember our first exchange on a podcast? Yes, was like, I do. And, 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 I didn't and, know. And, and that was it. Yeah, so anyway. Um, I'm, this is no look. If you like Mark Wahlberg movies, that's all good. I'm not telling you not to. This is just, it's just not for me. Yeah, I hear you. Um, there are some very funny parts in this movie. Uh, there, there is a part where like Mark Wahlberg's like an angry but underachieving cop, and Will Ferrell's a total idiot who's kind of like forced into the role of his partner. Okay. There's one scene specifically where like Mark Wahlberg is just like undressing him, ripping him apart, and talking about how much he hates him. And he, there, you know, there's lines like even the sound of your piss. In the urinal sounds feminine, like it, it. And there's a whole thing with like a tuna and line. Like that scene alone is worth it for the movie. Um, Eva Mendez is also in it as well, and she's married to Will Ferrell. And Mark Wahlberg can't figure out how this idiot is married to this super hot lady. Okay. Uh, there are some funny bits in this movie. It it, it is like uh, you got your reasons, but like it, it's worth a watch. You piqued my interest with Eva Mendez. I mean, why didn't you lead with that? Yeah. <laughs> like when True. I asked, when I asked. Who are the leads of this movie? You should have you should have uh, dunked over the top of me and said no 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 it's Eva Mendez oh yeah and, Eva Mendez and, and Will Ferrell yeah yeah there we go there we <laughs> some go. other white guy some hey. other Boston white guy yeah no, um, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out eventually um, who's your who's your number nine what's your number nine all right so this movie was severely underrated for years then it felt like it was more the you know, as more and more folks you know kind of wound up coming around to the party uh, you know it it, it got its <laughs> just due. Zombieland is my number nine. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be in your list or if it made your top sixteen. Uh, but for me, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and you know Emma Stone, you know, they're great as the main characters. But Woody Harrelson remains one of the sneakier, funny actors. You know, like, especially if you throw him in a cast like this. And you know, look, I don't even have to explain it. Will uh, Bill Murray speaks for himself. There were six movies, I think, of the hundred and something, hundred and one or whatever, how many were on here mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen. Zombieland is one of them. Oh, okay. It's yeah. It, it may not wind up in your top ten, but I would be very surprised if you didn't if you if you check it out and you didn't like it. Yeah, I should give it a go. I don't really like I, I do like uh, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. And okay, so it's 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 not Jesse Eisenberg. He's the same. He's the same guy that's in social media. In a yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's not like annoying, but it's more of like okay, he's playing what you think he is, like a little nerdy yo kid, and, and, and you know, like not kid, but teenager, uh, you know, coming of age type yo know, type situation. So it's 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 less offensive to me because it's like yeah, that's who you are. Um, you know how people always talk about how like actors, um, some actors don't act; that's just who they are. Uh-huh. I think Edward Norton gets that a lot. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of Jesse Eisenberg interviews on Lights, Camera, Barstool, which is an excellent podcast if you just want movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they've talked to him. He is that guy. Like he is so like monotone and like I don't know, like nerdy white dude. Like I I don't know. It just something about him. Yeah. But yeah, I'll give it a go. I mean, I, I've had a lot of people give it a lot of club for a long time. So it shocked me. I was late to the party as well. But then once I got there, I was like, oh okay, I'm, I'm ready to dance. What's your number nine? Bad Santa. Ah <laughs> yeah okay. Bad Santa's so funny, man. Mm-hmm. It's so. Like, it's so over the top, and it's funny how movie fast movies become dated because like Ooh. most of these, all these movies are within the last twenty years. Some of them would last ten, but man, Bad Santa just 
I laugh at so many things you shouldn't laugh at in the movie, but I just died. <laughs> I died that whole movie, man. I'm laughing right now at some of those things that you cannot say. Oh, yeah. I'll just do this one. Bernie Mac, when he said thigh high, so here's the deal. I missed it the first time I saw that movie. I was like, why is everybody laughing? Why is everybody laughing? I'm not joking with you. I, I, full disclosure, I saw this movie probably two or three times in the theater. The next time I watched that movie, I damn near fell down onto the dirty ass movie movie theater you know, movie theater floor. It's inappropriate. It's terrible. The you know the man you know the man is in the movie because he knows that, that you know like <laughs> that, that that's yeah. part of the joke. That is a uh, look. Um, the exchanges between uh, any any exchange with Billy Bob and 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 it's, I think his name is Tony. I can't remember his last name. Uh, the the uh, little person that's in the in the movie is is gold, but the exchanges between Bernie Mac and John Ritter go back. If if you haven't seen the movie in a, in a long time, speaking to, you know speaking generally to the audience, if you haven't seen the movie in a long time, go back and watch. Man, it's dated, but it's it's a classic. Yeah, Tony Cox plays Marcus. There we go, Tony Cox. Um, yeah, I mean the movie is just it, it it's so I I don't I wonder if you had never seen it today. And you were a woke Twitter individual who had never seen Bad Santa, and you watched it. Would you like? Would you still laugh and just pretend you didn't, or would you? Are you cured of all your discrepancies now? I don't know. Do you want to know the truth? People would laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so funny, man. Yes. Com- is. Comedy is comedy, right? Like com- it's supposed to be a safe, a little bit of a safe haven. I won't say all the way. Well, uh, um, to be honest with you, like th- that's how it always has been, and I get, you know, like as times change, you know, like hey, certain things, like you probably shouldn't say that. Like if you go back and you look at like Don Rickles, you know, the old, old school comedian, and you listen to his act, it's like, oh wow, he's just openly saying the n word. Okay, cool. Um, he's openly, you know, like it's it's all good. Of course, you change over the years, but the truth of the matter is, when you sit down for you know for a comedy movie or you sit down you know like at a comedy show, oftentimes you're kind of suspending you know you're, you're suspending like you know like the the, the norms the, the the general societal norms, and you're you're expecting that comedian to make fun or you know say outlandish things. At least that's at least that's my approach with it. For sure, um, for for yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, audience number eight is Dodgeball. Ooh, okay. It it's not in my top ten, but again, funny movie. You know, it, it when I added it to the list, I initially thought, well, it's definitely going to be in my top ten because I enjoyed that movie so damn much. Oh, really? Okay. It did. It didn't make it, and and I didn't even mention it. But man, honestly, I watched that movie probably about a month and a half ago, and still loved it. It's got you. you, know, you know, first of all, it's got your boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it does. You know, my boy all, fun. All the all those guys around him. You know, but honestly, Ben Stiller in that movie, it's one of the funnier Ben Stiller roles that I have actually it liked. Is. Like, I didn't like you know, Zoolander. I didn't like that movie. I didn't like a lot of like other stuff that like a lot of people love. You know, with Ben Stiller, Dodgeball's the one that I love him in. Yeah, um, Zoolander, I didn't like as a kid, mm-hmm. and then I liked a year ago when I watched it again. I thought it was funny. Maybe I need um, to give it another shot because yeah, been, so it's, that's kind of weird how it went the other way, but time. yeah. Um, no, you know, Dodgeball to me is I find Ben Stiller's character steals the show. Patches O'Houlihan has some moments. <laughs> but I feel like the whole gym cast on a whole I wasn't all that interested in. Like the like I wasn't vibing with the rejects so much. So Well yeah, um, they, they they were they were very like very silly. Um yeah. yeah. It's it's still fun. It's still fun. They were they were too much a caricature, you know, like they were they were Yeah, pirate yeah. and the, the the nerd and yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, it was a lot. Um but you know what? Like I'm glad my guy Vince Bond's getting love because there you go. He's a funny dude. He's gonna get all types of love coming up. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a couple coming up. Um, so that was the uh, audience eight. My number eight was forty year old virgin. Nice. Okay. 
It's coming up for me in a, in a couple. Kelly Clarkson. The the <laughs> scene with him getting his back back hair done or his chest. Actually, uh-huh. sorry. Yeah. Is it might be the funniest scene ever for me. Like it mo- might be the scene that hit most for me at any point in any comedy because the first time I watched it, I I think I did pee a little watching this movie. <laughs> like I laughed so hard. And then when I watched like my uncle when I was younger was really into like the extra features. Mm-hmm. And th- when they were talking about how they actually did it to him and he was just they like he had things on the ceiling that uh-huh. he could mad lib. <laughs> I I don't know, man. That scene is so hysterical. Yeah, look, the, hey, it, it it's it's ridiculous in every sense of the word. I'm talking about the movie in general, but yeah. I I could put that on at any time, at any time. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it here coming up in a second. Um, my <laughs> oh man, uh, my number eight was knocked up. And okay. look, I'll be straight up. Look, it's a bit sophomoric if you go back and you watch it in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's still genuinely funny, and it's actually a quality film. You know, for me, it's one of Apatow's best. Uh, you got early Seth Rogen, you know, as as a leading guy. Um, you got early Jonah Hill. Leslie Mann is fantastic in it. Uh, Paul Rudd. You know what? I'm gonna keep it real with you. Even Catherine Heigl, she was still likable enough to you know for the masses back then. So, you know, also yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I could watch uh, Craig scene, you know, Craig Robinson scene as the bouncer. I could watch that every single day. Like, I, <laughs> if I just had that as a clip, when he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> When he hit that no on her and made the face, I'm sorry. That I, still to this day, like I said, I, I can watch it at any time. So yeah, I, I um, we haven't been given the ratings, but I actually gave this movie an 82. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to rate all of these because I haven't seen all of them the last little bit. Oh, I but I'm you. gonna go through these. Okay. Um, I added some to our list, but not all of them. But yeah, no, the knocked up is so funny, man. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's like a five year stretch where like comedies weren't the same. Maybe it was like 05 to. 2010 or something, but I feel like all of these movies kind of came in that range that we've been talking about in the last little bit here. Mm-hmm. They really um, So, okay, so I had 40-year-old Virgin, you had Knocked Up, and the listeners, what did I say they had? They had the other guys. Yeah. So, oh no, they had Dodgeball, sorry. Oh, yeah, so number seven, they have 40-year-old Virgin, which we just talked about. Nice. Um, my number seven was The Replacements. Oh, nice, okay. I, man, I, I love this movie, and I know it's not like the typical comedy uh, but th- this movie, I laughed so many times in this movie, man. No, like, th- th- there's the thing. It didn't make my list, but I, that's also a movie. You can put it on at any time. Whether it's the you know, whether it's the fact that, look, Keanu, pretty much, honestly, anything that Keanu's in, I'm going to watch. Like, the guy's just, oh. <laughs> like, like, he's, beyond being really good, he's just a likable guy. So, like, no matter what, I'm going to watch. But it's 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 genuinely a good movie. And, you know, Gene, first of all, we don't get Gene Hackman anymore. I know he's, I know he's retired from acting. So anything that still has strong Gene Hackman, that's a yes. The movie is just really quickly on replacements. Even though it's only seven on my list, it it'll, it probably it's going to be a top fifteen movie on my overall rankings list because in terms of like a comedy a dramedy, mm-hmm. you care enough about Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves and their story is still so you're still so with it that everyone else just being a bit comedy role works and it just all fits, man. Like. I, I, I don't know. That movie's great. The the scene with them all dancing in prison is all time. The bar fight scene is all time. Orlando Jones has like five <laughs> moments in that movie where I'm just dying. The scene where he gets the goop on his hands, he's like, look like I just jacked off an elephant. <laughs> Kills me every time. Like, such a funny movie, man. Uh, that's good stuff. No, that's really good stuff. 
Yeah, like yeah. Oh, I probably should have had it in my. You know, like after you after you start talking about, it, I was like, yeah, that probably should have been in my honorable mention. But yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. My number seven is one that I don't think it's going to make the the audience's list. Uh, but you know what? Hopefully, I can open some eyes to it. It's Girls Trip. Kenya Barris, it's a Kenya Barris project uh, that kind of really introduced his work to the significantly broader audience uh, because prior to that, he was primarily known as a TV writer and not that there's any, any, any shade or you know anything small about that, but you know, you know the difference. Uh, and quite frankly, a, a lead cast of Tiffany Haddish, Regina, uh, Regina King, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Queen Latifah, once again, headlining a major production like this. That's absolutely significant. And for folks, you know, if you don't know what I mean by that, just think about it. Yep, fair enough. I, you know, it's one of the six I haven't seen. Yep, it's one of the six I haven't seen. Ah. And uh, <laughs> this, it's girls' trip. And there's another one that was like bad moms or something. And uh-huh. I looked at them both, and I was like, I can't remember which is which. Girls' trip is the black one. Bad moms is the one with Cameron Diaz. And you know why I was laughing when you said that? Hey, haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it goes back to our conversation from last episode. All it right. does, but it, it's funny because, like, I mean, I'm looking at the reviews. Like, it didn't get the same hype. It's 6.2 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But um, is it like is it like full laughs all the way, or is it like dramedy where like the friends are going through their lives and reconnecting to a little bit of that, a little bit yeah. of that, and it's and yeah, it's um, it's stuff that's uh, that I, you know it's relatable for me. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. man. Yeah. If you tell me it's funny, I'll watch it. I just, you know, like, you know. It's got some, it's, it's, it's got some moments. I'll, 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 I'll put it like this. It's probably not going to end up on your top ten, but I I would, be again, be surprised if you didn't like it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, number seven for the listeners, they had uh, Wedding Crashers. Nice. Or sorry, this is, yeah, number six I said, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Number six yeah, is six. Wedding Crashers? Okay. Yeah, six is Wedding Crashers. So, um... This one's still coming up for me. I love Wedding Crashers. Same for me. (laughs) It's it's still coming up for me. Uh, Great choice, audience. Great, great choice. Yeah, and I mean, Bradley Cooper before he was big as the dick. Uh Uh-huh. Boyfriend, fiance. Yep. Uh, Which I think few people forget, but fantastic movie. Like, I mean, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are both hysterical. Their love interests are hysterical. Grandma's hysterical. Um, Such a funny movie, man, all the way through. And again, like a plot that you actually care about, too. Not a, you know, without a doubt. Look, there was a time where I legitimately watched this movie like once a week. It was definitely in that rotation of DVDs that you kind of wound up throwing, you know, throwing in at the end of the night. Uh, it, it, it's not, look, it, it's coming up for me, but yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm not shocked by the audience also agreeing with us. So, like part of Vince Vaughn's character, like in every movie, um, where he like has to like really slow things down and break things down is very me. Mm-hmm. So like the scene where he's having breakfast, he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm just going <laughs> to eat my breakfast. Uh-huh. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna recalibrate. And then we're gonna we're gonna talk this out. And just like I don't know, it, it just it really vibes me because I see myself in Vaughn, and it just kills me every time. One hundred percent. As you yeah. were just saying that, I was like, I totally can see him doing this. Like I, I like in my head, I was like, I, you know what? We need to get his lady on this show so she can say like, yeah, that's him. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wait, wait till you get to one of the other ones. Um, uh oh. <laughs> okay, so the, six was Wedding Crashers for the audience. Six for me was I Love You, Man. Okay. It didn't make my list, but that's a good movie. That's a damn good movie. See, I, I love I Love You, Man and Forgetting Sarah Marshall are both great. I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall might be the better overall movie, but I think I Love You, Man is funnier. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. That I, Both of these movies are so great, but all of the, the awkward bullshit mm-hmm. just kills me. 
No, it is. But, it is. Um, I would probably lean for Gideon Sarah Marshall, but the, you, you really can't go wrong. Uh, you know what? And, and as soon as I just said that out loud, I just remembered another movie that I should have absolutely had on my uh, honorable mention. I don't know if it's coming up for the audience. Get Him to the Greek should have been on my honorable mention because I think that movie is still hilarious. And I, and this is coming from a guy that can't stand Russell Brand. I, li- I like Russell Brand and I like that movie, but it didn't even get close. Okay. It got like 18 votes. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, again, is, is I mean, on 100-something movies, it's not terrible. I think it came, like, 50th. But, you know, it is. Like, it wasn't close. Um, but, yeah, and I love you, man. The scene in the beginning where he walks in and he comes home early and it's, like, girls' night. Mm-hmm. And he makes them all the floats. He's got, like, the tray. And he walks out and he's like, I made you floats. And they all know that he heard them talking about him. And he goes back in the kitchen and he's like... I need to get some fucking friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, you, look. Honestly, you're never gonna go wrong when you have Paul Rudd and Jason Segel in the same movie, man. Like you're just yeah. not. And and that's Jason. Segel, that's young Jason Segel before he even you know like kind of like really started to you know, you know to make it where he was. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's it's a good one, and it's one where to be honest with you, I probably need to go back and watch. Honestly. As much as you know, I like you know thrillers and horror movies and you know gangster stuff and you know all types of shit like that. I've been on a comedies kick right now, with the exception of you know, Queen from the South. By the way, my God, we'll get to that another time. Um, but I've been on a comedy kick, so I'm gonna probably go back and watch a lot of these movies over the next month or so. Yeah, me too. It's good to feel good, man. Like yeah. it, it, it's good to feel good, and these movies are good. Like J.K. Simmons has a moment, and I love you, man, too. He's uh-huh. the dad. <laughs> um, Rob Hubel, who plays his off, like the guy that plays Tevin, his office colleague, is so funny too. Like the, I I'll that. just be walking into the bar and I'll be like, hey. I know you from somewhere. Yeah, you do, friend. You pissed on my face. <laughs> I actually don't remember that line, so yeah, I, I need to get back. Oh, yeah, you gotta go watch it. Is it the personalized urinal cakes for, for marketing? Yes, 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 oh. yes. Oh, that's yeah, that's movie's funny. Okay, well, I love you, bro, Montana, but we will move on. Um, what's your number six? 40 year old virgin, you know, for all the reasons. Oh, okay. Steve Carell, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that's gonna be, you know, they're gonna make some funny shit. But, like, everyone in that movie, from, you know, uh, uh, Romany Malco, Leslie Mann, once again, uh, Catherine Keener, they were all great. So, yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's probably, it's probably legitimately a top 10 comedy of all time for me, 40 year old virgin. Not yeah, just, it, not just over the last 20 years, I mean, of all of them. Yeah, Steve Carell could do it, man. Like I, I feel like Forty Year Old Version came out right around when he started Office, but yeah, he hadn't like, really like been. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't really been the guy yet on a lot of stuff, and Steve Carell really, he killed it. Um, okay, uh, my number, or the audience number five is Twenty One Jump Street. Interesting. Okay. I am in the minority on this one. I liked the movie and it was good. Like, but kind of like uh, what, what movie was that a second ago when you're like, yeah, just did it, it, oh, get him to agree. Like it. It's a good movie to me. I was entertained by it, but it would be like in that range for me. See, I, I thought it was a good movie too, but Twenty Two Jump Street has the moment where Channing Tatum is like, "My name is Jeff," and that is the funniest scene in either movie to me. And I don't remember much of either of the movies other than that scene, which is all I can ever think about when I think about Channing Tatum. Now, it even it even took away like him being Jason Lau and Coach Carter, and he's like walking around with the toque on mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, my name is Jeff. That's all I can think of every time I see him. So uh, I, it's not up here for me, but I get it. So as you say, it like that's kind of the only line that I can remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not remember the. You know, I don't remember any of Twenty Two Jump Street except for that line. In fact, I would have thought that they came from Twenty One. So there you go. 
Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe I'm getting it backed up. But yeah, that that scene where he's trying to get the drugs and he's trying to like do a Mexican accent, and he's uh-huh. not even close. And he, he's the only like Swedish accent. The only material he has is Dora. Like that scene is really funny, but that's all I can remember. Was <laughs> uh, Dora and Swiper and yeah, no, that's yeah. that is funny. <laughs> it is funny, man. I get it. Um, okay, I had uh, I had wedding crashes at five. Hey, right yeah. on cue, both of us. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, and we've already it, talked about it, but yeah, elite it, movie. Yes, elite movie. Yeah. Um, number four for the audience was Anchorman. Okay, okay. Uh, you, you, I kind of already gave away how I felt. Uh, yeah, look, Anchorman is good. I used to hate on it just to be a dick on the timeline. I, you know, you, and I know you can relate to this. I, I used to, because I just knew it would bother people. Uh, it's a good movie. It just, it's not in my top ten. Um, I've got some. I've got more Will Ferrell coming up though. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't. In, it wasn't in that sixteen I've talked about a couple times. Like, yeah. Anchorman again is funny, and I'm not trying to be like a snob when I, you know, poo poo it a bit here. But yeah. in in the words of Jabari, <laughs> it just didn't like when people were like, "Oh man, that's the funniest movie I've ever seen." And it really, I mean, it's number four on this list, so obviously a lot of people like really treasure it. But mm-hmm. it just did not. I, I watched it. I was like, "This is this is movie's not that funny." It's it, it's like it's not that funny to me. So. Funny movie again. My guy Vince Vaughn's in there. Will Ferrell, uh, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd. It's all. It's got the whole cast. There's some good moments. The Sex Panther moment is great. The <laughs> the anchor fight is great. Yeah. Uh, the stuff with Baxter was not great, and uh, you know it was okay. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it's it's one of the it's one of the rare movies that everybody thinks is great that I probably would never watch again. And I'm not saying it's terrible. Like it just yeah, I would have no reason to. Uh, my number four was Role Models, which I think is one uh, of the more underrated movies here. Very underrated. Didn't make my list, but very, very underrated. Oh, I, I can't believe it. I, I, I got to figure, I got to scroll down through and figure out where it finished. Reason. So Role Models finished 31 on the for the listeners. I could not believe this, man. This movie is so funny. It, it, like, Paul Rudd is sensational as this kind of like... Dick, who doesn't really deserve the girls, but figure figuring it out. Sean William Scott, as you'll see, is is up there for me. If American Pie One had been eligible for this list, it would have made my top ten, but it was ninety nine or ninety eight, so it didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Ken Jeong, Jane Lynch. The kids um, are funny. The kid, everything about that movie is funny. No, it, it's it's good. The two kids. Oh, yeah. uh, Bo- how do you say his name? Bobby, Bobby J. I not hundred percent sure. The, the little the little black kid he's, he's, he's their one about. foster buddy yeah, yeah and he's talking about boobies do you remember that scene <laughs> yes I do actually hold on now I'm, now I'm looking it up what was his name oh shit that is his actual name Bobby J I did not know that was his real name yeah he, he I, I mean both kids are hysterical uh, I can't even do half the bits because they're so inappropriate but like that movie is so so funny man I, if you haven't seen role models or for whatever reason, um, and you just kind of scrolled past it. You need to go see Role Models because that movie deserves more hype. That's what I really think it is. A lot of people just haven't seen it. it you know, it came out in 08. You know, it's been a while, uh, or people just don't remember it. But and and I'll admit, I probably haven't seen it since like 2012, 2013. But I, you know, that's good. Add it to the list. <laughs> the whole thing about like they have to like role play the night Dungeons and Dragons thing in the park. Oh yes. It just, Fantastic. Wait, isn't um, it McLovin's one of the kids in the movie, right? McLo- McLovin's the other like yes. foster kid type yes. thing. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait, that was McLovin. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's that's a guy I'll just never know his name. No. I'm even looking at his name and I'm not going to say it. That's you just McLovin. That's who. What you can't you get out of that. What are you talking about? You, you think, know his name. You've seen his ID. You, you think Ron Weasley has a bad? You're just McLovin forever for that's all what, time. That's what you are. Uh, 
That's what you are. I got McLovin coming up uh, pretty soon, too. Uh, but Here's yeah, number four for you. Bridesmaids. And I don't care where it, it landed on this list or if it, if it tracked or if folks were, you know, just misogynist douches or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm going I'm going a step beyond. But truth be told, this movie is absolutely hilarious. It's probably the funniest that I've ever seen Melissa McCarthy. And I'm not taking anything away from anything that she's done since because, of course, she's been great. I need to see Spy, of course. But Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, you know, together that's always a yes uh truthfully this is also the funniest that i've probably ever seen rose Byrne, and she's been you know she, she you know she fluctuates she does you know serious stuff she does funny stuff uh she's great um like an idiot i was also actually kind of late on this one probably because i was like yeah what is that and then as soon as i saw it i easily watched it five times in the first year yeah it's pretty funny it's been a while since i've seen it but uh, it didn't make my last but It wasn't far off for the listeners. I think it was 18. Okay. For the listeners. So like, it did get a lot of love. That's respectable. I'm not um, totally alone. Number three for the audience was Hangover. Okay. Okay. That's not a shock, man. The Hangover is... We're, I'm sure we're both going to be talking about it coming up, at least it's seemingly, unless that is the biggest surprise of the list so far. If you're hang. Yeah, no, well, so for me, like, again, I'm just off the beaten path. Two of the, the listener top three didn't make my top ten. Okay. But they were both in my 16. Okay. I guess. So hang, Hangover was hysterical, and I felt felt bad leaving it off, but I just, I haven't gone back to Hangover as many times as I thought I would. It, so, when was the last time that you went back to it? <laughs> Maybe it's like four or five years ago I saw it one more time. It's probably like the third or fourth time I'd ever seen it. So I went back a couple – whenever part three came out, right, I went back and watched. Hangover 1 is legitimately hilarious. Like it's it's, yes. de- it's definitely one of those first movies of the period that really celebrated adult comedy and humor for – you know, uh, 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 it kind of pushed things along the way. Uh, like, you know, like you, I, all I – or at least you know, I, I'll say – I'll speak for myself – what I knew Bradley Cooper from before prior to that was just being the asshole in Wedding Crashers. So seeing him in a lead role, like even in, you know, like in, you know, even though the cast around him was nice, seeing him in lead you know, role was it was kind of it was kind of cool to kind of see him like establish himself as as that lead actor. But yeah, man, it, it's number two for me. I'm gonna just be upfront about it. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll I'll go back to three, three, super bad. I love Jonah Hill. Um, even though I have a feeling you probably feel the same way that you, uh, about Michael Sarah as you do about Jesse Eisenberg, I yes. love Michael Sarah, <laughs> and, and and honestly, he's just playing himself. Like he's totally just playing himself. But the entire yeah. cast is hilarious. The party scene, you know, the party scenes are great. Uh, but honestly, with McLovin, you know, McLovin in the liquor store is probably one of my favorite. You know, like you know, what what scene was it there earlier that you were speaking of? That it's, it's your it's one of you just your favorite scene. You know, the the. Waxing of the hair. There, yeah, there you go. So for me, McLovin, you know, going through all of the scenarios and everything, that's one of my favorites. That is the one scene from that movie that's iconic to me too. Yeah. And he spills it all, and the guy walks by. Yep. And <laughs> he's like, "No, you should clean this up. It's it, it could be dangerous, or whatever." And the guy's like, "Fuck my life." Fuck my that life. Scene yep. me, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, again, it's not it's not in my top three, but both both super bad and Hangover were in my top sixteen. Because okay. the first time you went and saw those movies in theaters, it just killed you. And super bad, uh, especially. I don't know what it is. What does it say to me about that? I don't like the generic nerdy white guy? I don't know. I'm learning something about myself. It, but yeah, Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah both do nothing for me. Um, weird. We, we all get tagged by certain things, you know. For uh, look, I, I won't speak for you. For me, oftentimes the characters I really hate, or or the actors that really annoy me, it's because there's something about them that like I relate to. Huh. And uh, and it bothers me, or you know, or or maybe something about you know maybe something that like I don't necessarily love, but it's like damn, 
yeah, that that's totally me. I don't know, and I'm not saying that you know you relate to those guys. I'm just saying like I've been in, I've been there before. Yeah, it's weird. I, like even there's every time I see either of their names, I'm less in on the movie. <laughs> For sure, I can't um, remember what's the other one he did. Where I don't know, I can't remember right now. But anyway, yeah, it's all Michael Sarah's had a few where I passed on because it's Michael Sarah. <laughs> um, okay, so my number three was Couples Retreat. Nice, boom. Boom. Speaking of someone I, I can, Vince Vaughn's character in Couples Retreat is 110% me. <laughs> the scene where he gets nipped by the shark uh-huh. and the, and they're giving him shit. And they're like, he, 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 he nicked you. And and his friend's like, you know what, Nick, I know what you've been going through. I got in the car. He's like, wait, have you ever been attacked by a shark? He's like, no. <laughs> then that's it. That's it. <laughs> Dog, when he hits him with, I know my truth. After oh. that. <laughs> Yes. No. It didn't make. It's funny because it didn't make my list, but I love that movie. Like, love, love that movie. I also think that's one of the most honest. And as I've grown older, and I've watched this movie probably twenty times, mm-hmm. as I've grown older and been in a few relationships, it is the most true movie on like relationships I've ever seen too. Yes. Like between between all the couples. All of them. It, oh, and <laughs> just Jason Jason Bateman um, being like, okay, if you had to put a number on it, like what percentage chance do you think? <laughs> like everything about that movie is is hilarious. Like John Favreau on the massage table, just leave the hot oil. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. No, like seriously, the 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 the, uh, the yoga yoga instructor would he would he the would, the boom scene, boom, boom. I will still fall out laughing at that. Oh yeah, just yeah. That that whole movie. <laughs> Is top to bottom hysterical. The guitar, uh, the guitar hero battle is uh-huh. is awesome. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I, like, I love that movie. People see that movie, and they're like, "You love that movie? I love that movie. Like, I love this movie." It's yeah. great. It, it truly is great. Um, number two for the listeners is Step Brothers. Nice. So I mean, I think they can guess what number one is, but but Hangover, Step Brothers, and Superbad for the listeners we're within one vote all the way to the end here not shocked I'm not shocked at all by that yeah like not shocked yeah. at all two for me like I said it was a hangover what's your number two uh, uh Goon ooh okay okay Goon got no love Goon was like 90th or 85th or something on this list Goon is so funny and like maybe I when the fact that it didn't do better I'm like is this just cause like I'm in Canada and every guy I went to school with was a typical hockey dick and it, they just nail it. Oh, but now I, I see I, what this is. I could, I could tell, I could probably do this whole movie. Like, um, I have a cousin. I have a cousin. He's on the spectrum, and one of the ways he communicates is he, he tells he he scripts movie lines mm-hmm. that kind of like indicate how he's feeling. And one time he walked me through a line through every one of Tom Hanks' movies just to you know show me that he could. I could probably follow that pattern and give you every line from the movie Goon. It absolutely slays me. And if you haven't seen Goon, please watch it because it's like if Forrest Gump's only skill was punching people on ice. And then that that ensues. Wait, wait a second. Time out, time out, time out. This is about a, an individual that's along the spectrum? He He's not. He's just dumb. Oh, okay. Got but, it. I, I, but he's dumb me, lovable. Like it, It's kind me. of a similar vibe. I, I got you. I got you. So part of me wonders if that was why it didn't do bad. I'm not going to lie to you. When you put it on there, I was like, I've never seen that movie. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Is that Liev uh, Scheiber? Yes. Okay. He, p- All right. he, plays like the, he plays like the opposite goon. Oh. He plays like the veteran goon who was in the NHL, but all he does is hit people and his career is coming to an end, so he's angry at his life. 
And then Sean William Scott's like the new goon that's coming up. He's so happy to have purpose in his life. Um, it's so funny, man. Like, I, I holy will, shit, this movie is so funny. I will absolutely add that to the list. I, I, look, I, I'm, you know, I've never seen it. I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not going to even try to front me either. Like that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, like even the culture of it. But I'm in. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Oh yeah, dude. dude I, I I feel like you will die in this movie because I'm not a hockey guy either. I just know hockey dudes. Yeah. But just like the culture of like minor league sports and like the drinking and the stupidity and how dumb it all is and the great like it's just it's go so it. good. I can go for that. Um, okay. Yeah. So my number or the listeners' number one was super bad. Okay. My number one was Step Brothers. You know what my number one is? It's Step Brothers. Yeah. Step Brothers. Okay. <laughs> Step Brothers is is like and again, Super Bad Hangover my top sixteen. Step Brothers is a cut above everything I've seen. Yes, yeah. yeah. Step, Step look, it's as simple as this. Step Brothers is a classic. Just say like you know, you you know like when having discussions like this, we can throw out like iconic, we can throw out classic a lot. Step Brothers is a bona fide classic. It you know Will Ferrell, John C. Riley were the literal perfect duo for this movie. Uh, Mary you know Mary Steenburgen was great. Richard Jenkins, by the way, I'm still doing that Six Feet Under you know, rewatch. So seeing the you know seeing the range, you know you're thinking about the range that Richard Jenkins has is absurd. Adam Scott, literally the entire cast felt perfect. You know Rob Riggles, pow <laughs> the Catalina the Catalina wine mixer. By the way, you know, I have a I have a late uh, friend that was in the background of that scene. He passed away. You know uh, R.I.P. to him. But that, that always reminds me of that. Honestly, the job interviews, the licking of the white dog shit. I could wa- now. You know how you said you could you could give you goon line for line. I can give you yeah. this one. I'm that asshole when you're watching Step Brothers that can give it to you in line for line. Yeah, I, I could give you a lot of this one too. Um, and, and and a few things here. So one, this uh, this movie hit for everyone. Yeah. Like the, so, I watched this towards the end of its run in theaters. Like, I had heard it was funny. I took my high school girlfriend. We went to this movie. There was one other couple in the theater. And to be honest with you, I think they were trying to do a little something-something in the theater and were annoyed that we got there. (laughs) I laughed. There were were four people behind me. Or there were four rows behind us and this other couple, right? So we're pretty spread out. I laughed so hard I fell out of my chair. I was on like that cement step <laughs> in the theater, like just like could barely breathe. My girlfriend was so humiliated and there was only two other people there. That's how hard I laughed this movie. Two weeks ago, my principal is talking about, I don't know how we're going to go back to school in COVID and how are we going to make two meters of distance for everyone? Maybe we're going to have to stack, stack desks on desks. And I said... <laughs> Why would you let us make bunk beds? That's a terrible idea. And everyone in the room, like 25 to 50, got the reference. Like, this movie is iconic. There's so much more room for activities if you do that, though. So much more room for activities. So much more. <laughs> the scene where he's like, is that a fart? Is that, is that a fart? Yep. Pickles and ketchup. You know what? Now it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> now the tuxedos are fucked up. I, I honestly, and again, like sometimes slapstick humor, like the really dumb humor is a total miss on me. And I think some of it's your mood, but like just the ball sack on the drum set. I can, I can, I can, I can barely hold consciousness when he gets to, he's like, me and your drum set are playing Moby Dick for real. Moby Dick I, for real. And I, the look I when, can't, he scur- man. when he's scurrying and pulling, it, pulling his junk out. Oh, Jesus. Yes. No, like. 
Uh, it, look, for the listeners out there, they're like, yo, these guys are literally just laughing and, and recreating the movie. That's how damn good that movie is. If, if there's so anyone good. out there that hasn't actually seen this, you need to stop what you're doing and go watch this right now. The scene where Doback spanks him <laughs> is too real. It's like, that's some childhood trauma for me. Uh-huh. But him, like the stairs coming down, the, like really loud down the stairs. Like, do yep. you ever have your mom be like, oh, you, you're lucky your dad's not home. Or she yells and you just hear your dad coming down the stairs uh-huh. like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, the, the, the terror, the legitimate oh, yeah. terror. They just like, in, they encap- it, it was so real, but so ridiculous. It just... The combination was was hard to top, and and here's the other thing with several of this. Every movie Will Ferrell has made since, every single one. I'm like, don't give me this shit. Give me Step Brothers too. Yes, yes. Wait, didn't they say they were going to do that? I feel like it's been talked about like a dozen times, and there's never anything solid. Feels it's like always like we're gonna do it, they need or like to. I would love to do it, but we want everyone back. But it's never happened. Like, yeah, no, they absolutely yeah. need to. By the way, last I'll say on it. I did smoke pot with Johnny Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even yeah, even even the first scene. Yes. Even the first scene in the car where he's like, "I'll never calm down." Then you're 39 years old. I wouldn't expect you to calm down. Not even if there's a fire. Like just just like everything <laughs> like about that movie lines. is so funny off the hop. It's just unbelievable. I can't even. I don't want to butcher it. Like I'm sure we butchered some of these. But the scenery is like, care. I'll give you your I'll, your, your. I'll shove that hearing aid so far down your throat. You'll hear your small intestine making shit or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. and then he just comes down and bends him over. Just it's so funny, man. Like it's so funny, bro. The 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 cars the drive. The singing scene in the car with oh, Derek yeah. and his family. When, when he's looking at Catherine Hahn, whom I love as well, when he's looking at her, you don't even look good when you're singing. But you're like, and he's just like berating her, berating her. He's like, okay, okay, I'm going to have to save it with a solo. And, he, and then he has to bow. But honestly, I, you know what? I'm watching Step Brothers tonight. That's just, it's just going to happen. I'm watching it tonight. Yeah, you got it. And then you got to watch Goon. All right. You got, you, I, you got I, to go I, watch Goon before I, we I'll, I'll get to Goon before we, before we, uh, before we uh, do the next show. But yeah, let's do it. Um, that's that's gonna wrap this up. Um, this one was fun to do. Uh, it, it, if you haven't liked, rated, subscribed, reviewed the show, please do that. Um, helps us keep pumping, put some money in our pockets. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you, and we will see you on Monday morning.